0: are you you ready? ready, ready, ready welcome to another episode of the around the cfl podcast and happy 2024 everybody this is anthony here with you again and we have got a great show lined up for today but before that big announcement As of January the 15th, the Around the CFL podcast will be a part of the Millions family. That's right, we have been picked up by Millions and there's going to be a lot of great stuff coming up right away. A lot of really cool merch that we're going to be starting to produce. It's going to be pretty exciting. And speaking of exciting, we are joined today by the Calgary Stampeders' beast running back, Kadeem Carey. He is in the house, and we will be chatting with him right away. So we'll be right back, and we'll get talking to Kadim. Today, we have a GOAT joining us. My very first conversation with today's guest was in a car with himself, Derek Dennis, and Cam Judge. He <laughs> is a first-team All-Pac-12, two-time All-American, Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. He's a two-time CFL West Division All-Star. He's a CFL All-Star, and... The CFL rushing champion in 2022. Don't call it a comeback. He's been here for years. Presently, the Calgary Stampeders' beast running back and my good friend, Team Kadim Kadim Carey, finally got you on the show. What's up?
1: Hey, how you doing, baby? My buddy, how you doing?
0: Good, good. The pride of Tucson, Arizona, and the hero to Calgary, Alberta. How was your holidays?
1: It was good. It was definitely blessed, you know, with the family. Whenever you're with the family, it's it's always good.
0: You've had quite a career so far, but from the beginning, how did it feel to go to University of Arizona being from your home state?
1: Um, I mean, to tell you the truth, it was special. It was, it was a dream come true. When I look back on it now, I realize how much of, you know, a, mis- or a mistake it would be if I went to any other school. And I was just showing my sons that, uh, cause they don't, they don't believe me that daddy had the juice. I had to show them I had every letter, every school, in the, in the country after me, I mean, I'm from Michigan, Ohio State. I mean, I even got one say from Alabama, but there wasn't giving me no chance, obviously. And obviously, that is that chart. You got to wait for the senior to play. But I actually like opened up my eyes and was thinking about uh, the longevity, like uh, life after football. If I come and get to play at university where I was born and raised, how much opportunity I would have after.
0: In your sophomore season, you had an incredible 1,929 yards on the ground, 23 touchdowns, which was also an Arizona single-season record. You also set the Pac-12 single-game record with 366 yards and topped off with the title of All-American. What do you remember from that sophomore year?
1: Man, just me being me, you know, get showing everybody what I can do from Tucson, Arizona, because, you know, it's a small spot. Phoenix is, people starting to know about Phoenix, but, you know, Tucson, Arizona was real small, and nobody comes out of there. So, to get to play at the University of Arizona in front of my fans and my family, I think that honestly gave me an extra boost to, you know, go for 366 on a good day. And then How, we're in the third quarter, don't forget about that. i <laughs> too lucky.
0: That was amazing. Uh, okay, so we spoke a little bit about this next topic off the record. And it is very personal. So, in January of 2013, you had been charged with a domestic violence incident from the pa- that past December. What mm-hmm. can you tell us about that incident?
1: Man, just just was young, and um, I think I was just coming up. The uh, nation leader, Russian, that year, going for 1929, and um, I had the world in the palm of my hands. You know, I was living with my wife. That's who I caught the case with. and um you know we were just young we were young in love and you know got the cops involved so it was just a long a small little incident Smashed your hands in a in the doorway you know i panicked called the cops and you know small town they flipped it around and made it all bad on me but um everything was life lesson learned so Mm -hmm. honestly made me the man who i am made her who she is today and you know it built us for today
0: I didn't actually know that it was with your wife today. So I was not even aware of that. So, I mean, it's great that you guys were able to turn that corner in June of that same year, the charges were dropped. How did you feel to be able to put that all behind you?
1: Man, it was just, it was, it was just a relief because once you're in a small town, you know, we don't have uh, the Cardinals in our city. You got to drive two hours, three hours to go see them play. Mm -hmm. So we're a small town in the U of A. So, when they're winning, we're winning. Like, we're we're all we have. We're our pro team. So when all the lights is on you and everybody's trying to put you down, and, you know, then you finally get squashed because they're calling you something that you, you're you not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're with the person that you love, and they're saying the person that you love, you did this too. So just to just to get those all dropped and get to go into my next junior season was just – it was exciting. It was like something that needed to, to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: like, it, it, it never went away. That was the first thing they asked about when I went to the draft. I mean, it definitely, and as me being young, I look back, I handled that in a bad way. (laughs) Like, I was so defensive on, like, why are we talking about this incident that been dropped when we should be watching film and I can show you how good I am, how good of a person I am. And I just, you know, didn't do good in all 19 19 NFL rooms, put it that way.
0: (laughs) You had a one game suspension, but then you ended up getting the All-American title again. Do you think that whole thing might have also hindered the Heisman conversation?
1: Yeah, everything hindered that. Yeah, hindered that. You know, it's a, it's a trickle effect. Like I said, it, it hurt the draft. It hurt the, the Heisman. You know, falling off. My numbers weren't the same at nineteen. You know, nineteen twenty nine, and it was because I was a young fella. You know, living in my hometown and had the light on me. I was the best player in college football going against Johnny Mizell and I stayed home and it, little did I know I was ready to handle it but I wasn't you know when the time came I, I could have looked back and did things differently but it, I, it definitely hindered it but I think I should have been a Heisman runner when I went for 19 29 mm-hmm. in my sophomore year yeah and that came to you know coaches kind of trying to hold me back I had Rich Rog Reed Rich Rog, let's just say that and um he was a great coach don't get really me lie he let me he let me spin on the football field, but he was trying to teach me to be a young man. And I was kind of hard-headed at that
0: time. Last thing about this topic, and we're moving on. What would you say to kids that might be in that type of mind frame right now, that might be listening to this, that are in college? You know, the world is at the palm of their hands. What would you say to them to kind of keep their head straight?
1: Man, it's it's every every college player is living the, the starlight that I had to go through. Now that you have the the little, they're getting paid in college and that stuff. So now every college player, or 65, 75% players going through that. So just block out the noise. You know who you are. Be you, you know, and don't let nobody guide you in a different direction.
0: What made you forego your senior year and head into the NFL draft?
1: <laughs> like I said, it was a small world and it was a very small town. So I, I honestly was mad at my city. For you know, throwing my dirt, my name under the dirt, it, the way it was, because I thought it was all love. This is before I knew the media can do what they can do to people, and you know. But it taught me real quick. So mm-hmm. I mean, it groomed me really fast for the pros and stuff. So it, it groomed me, and I would not be here today if that didn't happen. So when I put my name in, I guess like you, you get to see your grading before you can actually go into the draft to see where you would land. I put my grade in. It was it was a, mostly a B plus to be minus second round I even had a 75 percent to 80 percent going first round and then third round was very 20 to 40 percent so like the percentages was looking great Until everything you know till you enter that draft and then they start pulling this and start doing this and you know things got twisted
0: you attended the NFL combine right yes how was that it
1: was another hit to my drop that uh, another. So like I told you when I when I was supposed to go second, you know, no later than second, I might have put my foot in the toes if I would have ran a four or four a forty, mm-hmm. I would have definitely busted into the first round. But I told my agent I wasn't comfortable running a forty. I think I'm not a track star. I didn't put that much into the forty in the combine, and I felt like I was forced to run it, and you know. I look back and, like I said, don't let anybody steer you in the wrong decision because I listened to my agent, went out there, ran the 40. You know, they put too much on the 40 nowadays.
0: Yep. <laughs> Run the 4 6.
1: And man, that next day I was second round to fourth round, maybe.
0: I was talking to uh, a former CFL legend, Corey Philpot, of course, the father of your teammate, Jalen. <laughs> and, awesome. and he was saying that the Ford, they put too much pressure on the 40 because it really should come down to game tape and what happens in the game, right? Running a 40 is irrelevant when you can break tackles. Would you agree with that?
1: I I mean, I absolutely agree with that. And that's the problem I had as a young kid. Like I couldn't separate myself and have a conversation with these owners because I was still stuck on like, just turn on the film, like push play. Like they would tease me and have the film up here. So I come in there like, oh yeah, I'm ready to talk business. (laughs) I'm about to show them how smart I am in the, in, in football. So then I was just disappointed in the whole draft because I never got to talk about football and impress my actual good side and my actually talented side because we could talk football all day. But then you talk about something that didn't happen and how I'm not a bad guy, you know, I took it the wrong way and got defensive. So that draft is definitely too much put into the, the 40. And like mm-hmm. my agent got fired after that. Good. <laughs> for not listening. <laughs> like, come on you now. And, and, and I look back on it. And I say, listen to myself, I and mean, kids always listen to yourself, especially if you think you're right. You know yourself more than anybody. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, did he run his 40, got people guessing to this day. I can tell you, if you put a god day 250 man running behind me, I think my 40 would just be a little different, <laughs> will Yep. Ain't that, ain't that it matter? Yep. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> the politics really bit me going going in, and I wasn't ready for it. And I think that's what Rich Rot and uh my favorite coach in the whole wide world, Coach McGee, he was my mm-hmm. running back coach at U of A, was trying to teach me and get ready. Uh, wanted me to stay another year for my senior year.
0: So after all of the BS, everything is done. It's all over. 2014, it was the fourth round, but you were officially drafted by the Chicago Bears. Not many people can say that they were drafted by not only an NFL franchise, but the oldest franchise in the, you know in the NFL. So what was that like to go to, you know, the oldest franchise in history?
1: It was a, it was a blessing and a a curse. You know, it's a blessing that it's always a blessing to get drafted. I mean, don't ever take that for granted. It's a very small percent getting drafted in this world. And I'll call us gladiators, like of this world. So that was my blessing. But going to the oldest franchise, if you want to keep it real, we talking about, Right now, to this day, that, that, that ownership and that organization, in my eyes, really needs a lot of help and changing and starting from the bottom. They're losing a lot of talent in Chicago that I'm mm-hmm. looking at. And it, it it starts from upstairs. You know, I don't like to shoot a program down or talk anything else. But it was a – I mean, I cried my dad for draft day. Let's just put it that way. Not for happiness. I cried to my mom and said, I got to try my hardest. I'm not a practice player. I need to be first, second round. I put, I play on the game. I put the cleats on. I don't run track. I don't you know. I don't practice the the show that I'm the best running back. I need to go in there being in the back. Yeah. And I told her it was, it just was a bad spot behind Forte too. Come on, man. This is before we got split running backs.
0: It was never running back by committee back then.
1: And 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 trust me and trustman, That's who drafted me. Mm-hmm. That's that's a small world too. Yeah. Trust me was I was his future back and Forte hated that. So when every opportunity I get, he'll take away. And I didn't understand that at a young age that, you know, I thought we was on the same team. I thought we were trying to win, but it was also a job. You have taken off his plate and I didn't quite understand that. And his best friend was Jay Cutler. Oh no. Whoa.
0: Who happens to be the starting quarterback of the Bears. (laughs) Oh, it was tough.
1: I would go in there, you know, he'll overthrow me. He'll get the cussing me out, saying it's my fault, put Forte back in and I'm like, Got on phone with my agent that I fired. Said I need out. This your rookie year. Just understand, wait it out. No, because the next year John Fox came in there. Two more dra- running backs was drafted. I'm playing to make the team. My first year I didn't even play special teams. I was Trustman's guy. Forte hated that. He ah. And then he got fired the, the, the following year. You know, mm-hmm. from there I had to fight for my job.
0: <laughs> what do you remember positively? I guess from your time in the NFL.
1: Um, you know, just creating my family, you know, spending that time in Chicago, being away from Arizona, finding myself. I found myself as a young man in Chicago, and I really built and grew and got ready for my journey in Calgary. And it's, it's definitely paid off, you know, it definitely paid off.
0: How did you hear about the CFL and how how did it come about signing in Calgary?
1: Well, um, Shaq Richardson, he used to play Toronto. He played. He started in Calgary. And I just saw how much fun he was having playing in Calgary. I mean, I'm like, man, he's—I just want to play football at this time. I don't—I'm done waiting for a phone call. I'm done doing these little silly workouts.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: like I was just over—I was over the NFL, and Shaq was still was having fun playing football somewhere. So I reached out to him. He was like, "Bro, I love Calgary. You should, you know, think about coming to CFL." And then my mom kept putting it in my ear. When uh, I kept getting denied with the workouts and stuff, with the Saints, the Eagles, Super Bowl years, I was hurt. She was like, go try the CFL. And I'm like, you know what, whatever. Two months later, uh, I didn't even tell my agent. He reached out and uh, he got me a, a spot for Calgary. So it was special.
0: That's awesome. So you arrived in Calgary in 2018. At that time, it was more Uh, of like a committee, right? There was a lot of really good backs, you know, a couple guys that are still in Calgary to this day. What were you thinking that it was going to be like in Canada and the CFL, especially after coming out of with a bad taste in your mouth from Chicago with too many running backs and whatnot?
1: I mean, definitely hungry. I mean, you just you're hungry. You, You want your job you're coming off of 42 carries a game type stuff to be, or you like, you just want your, your opportunity. You want another shot. So I was just blessed and thankful to go there. And then I was blessed to have, you know, the running back in front of me, Don Jackson. And he wasn't no forte. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I had a, a different experience in a great way. And obviously we're chasing each other's job. And at the end of the day, he ended up going to, you know, Hamilton not from taking it just business wise, he made a, a family decision and um, I learned from him being under him and you should always learn from a great person. And that's another advice for the kids. Um, so it was a blessing. So when I took charge over in Calgary, I wanted to be more like Dom Jackson mm-hmm. as a leader and, you know, go by leader because obviously this back can do certain things and that back can't do. So then I look at that and obviously I want to be a coach when I get older. So I'm not a selfish guy as long as we win. <laughs> And we wasn't winning, so something, something got to change.
0: <laughs> well, you still have a number of years left before we even talk about coaching. Uh You were on the 2018 championship team, but you really weren't on the field very much. Did that light a fire for you to be like, I'm taking Calgary to another title?
1: It definitely did. I mean, because yeah. coaches kept me hungry. Each yeah. week, um you're you going to be up. Each week, you're going to be up. So, I mean, I was in the playbook. I was getting ready. I was I was ready to win the championship, just put it that way. That's how locked in that team was. They had the practice squad locked into the playbook like they was about to win the Grey Cup. So I learned how to be, you know, follow from the leaders and try to build that chemistry back in the locker room. And you just learn so much from being on a championship team. I could tell you that. The chemistry, you know, how to be a leader, you know, what to do, how to get hot, when to get hot, how to protect your body from, you know, great people that was on that team.
0: You know, and the other thing about Calgary too is they've had a lot of running back coaches come through in the last couple of years, but they've also been developed into more, right? But so, I mean, who was the <laughs> running back coaches? Who? I will wait. Okay, so...
1: <laughs> I'm about to put this on my resume.
0: Okay, so... It was a
1: whole year I had no running back coach.
0: So Mark Mueller was a running back coach at one time. Yes. Then he went to quarterback That's when coach. I came in. Championship okay. year, Mark Mueller, bam. Then, you then had, the next
1: year after that, who
0: that at the next year after that, there was no year because of COVID. The year after yep. that was TJ. The last nope, year was no, nope, J-
1: nope. TJ was an assistant. Don't let him oh. get assistant.
0: Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> don't let him get
1: it. And we talked about being the leader. So that's why I couldn't only be selfish. I had to, you know, spread the love. Find this dude Peyton's faster. He can hit the hole this way. So let's yeah. run him around the, the corners. I had to learn DJ's a bam, a hitter. So you know. I was the coach. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go into Calgary and ask if I can add that on my resume. on me, for one where? year. Yeah. Because I sat there and told him how to hit the hole. I talked Pat, the offensive coordinator, Yep, where the hole is and how you're <laughs> supposed to hit it. And, you know, we changed up, but we worked and we fed off of each other. He taught me a lot of things I haven't learned. Uh, so after that year, I was being a coach to ask what things we, we could do differently.
0: Mm-hmm. One
1: was get a coach for me. <laughs> I, I'm not done learning yep. football. I don't want to be average. And um, true, I want to have meetings with the offensive
0: line. You know, you don't see that a lot. You you, don't, you see the running backs be separate or the running backs go in with the quarterbacks. We don't really see the running backs go in with the O-line on their meetings because you need to be involved in those meetings because you need to see what the hell they're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's what I'm
1: saying. So we talk about having a coach. Even when TJ was there, we had no running back meetings. We was in the offensive coordinator room.
0: Fair. And then you have, uh, you had J.R. last year. It was his first year.
1: And Jr. he's actually a great coach. Yeah, I love him.
0: You, you know, we mentioned about how you started taking control of the team in 2019. And you were the leading rusher by midway point in the season. Then you had that broken arm. How disappointing was that to happen? What Right as you're hitting your stride in Canada?
1: Like I told you, you finally had your opportunity. You're ready to go. You know, they're talking about you a little bit. You're finally getting back on the map and then bang. You go down. I mean, what took me out of the NFL in the first place was breaking my wrist when I finally had my shot. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to, you know, get my head back out of that space. I'm talking to my agent. We should retire. Like, I was, in a, I was in a bad spot. So it took me that summer. It took me a lot of training. It took me a lot of, you know, effort. Then, what'd you say, the following year it was COVID? Yes. Like, I'm a football player. Come on now. That's another year on my life. Like... My body is is very, very precious now. You're telling me I can't play for a year. So I took advantage of that and just did a lot
0: of yoga. How good, a lot of people don't know this. How good is yoga for a football player especially?
1: Like six, seven to eight years to your body playing football. I can tell you It's, it's, it's it's what every athlete honestly needs. You should not be stiff. Yeah, Not unless you're a track star, they need yeah. those springs. <laughs> definitely got to keep enough tightness. You got to. have a recipe to this.
0: I've talked to a couple players on the podcast over the past year or so, and one of the one of the common things that always comes up is that COVID year. Yeah, it sucked. Nobody got paid. No one was playing. It was terrible, but it gave a lot of opportunity to rest the body, get you know, get those lingering injuries off, and you know whatnot did that help you kind of with the recovery of the broken arm and kind of just get you know physically and mentally ready to like kind of just hit the ref- the reset button
1: it did it did <laughs> it really did because i was in a place where i i needed to get better mm-hmm. i just left chicago i see an opportunity and i don't want to let it slide again so Why other people didn't, you know, take advantage of doing yoga and, you know, getting faster and stronger because, well, who knows if we're going to play football ever again. It's Mm -hmm. COVID. I mean, they canceled the whole season. So, you know, I just kept my mind straight. Like, I'm, I'm training for the next season. So I went into there just with the mindset of how to lead this team, how to be better, and just worked on every little flaw that I had and, you know, cleaned up my
0: game. And that you did, 2021. You know, we got really got a taste of what Team Kadim can really do, right? When you're back to you know full health, it was a shortened mm-hmm. season. I understand that, but you didn't even play the full shortened season, <coughs> been, and you still finished second in the league in rushing behind Standback, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. How how was that to be like? All right, now we're cooking. I felt great. Yeah. After that,
1: <laughs> after the Saskatchewan game, I was ready to you know capture the world. Put it that way. I was trying to be, you know, stand stand back now. I was I was, trying, I was trying to be the next stand back. Sorry about that, buddy. You Can't take away your title.
0: Yeah, and you did in 2022. You were the top running back in the CFL. You were the number one guy. You finally <laughs> did it. You hit that point.
1: Hey man, I didn't take it away. I just got my own. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was it was. I was on top of the world. You know, I finally accomplished something that I wanted. I went the league, a, a league. Mm -hmm. and show the world that, you know, I'm the best running back because I've always felt that since I got drafted. So I just need the opportunity. And, you know, when I give young kids' speeches, I'm just like, life is by opportunity. And you got to wait around. You got to fight. You got to keep your head straight all the way till your chance coming. Guess what? When they come, (laughs) you better go (laughs) run with that thing and never look back.
0: Another really cool thing happened in 2022. You got to have a special introduction at a home game. Mm -hmm. Someone very special was out there that, that
1: was, you know, I tell people that was probably the best moment of my pro life. Um, getting announced by your son, probably best moment of football. He, on he the says field. Name and you know, <laughs> what? He's so into it. Yeah. I'm thinking about joining the broadcast with him. Like, he is just so <laughs> locked in. So when he steps out there, he calls your name. He just gives you a whole certain energy. And, you know, it's time to put on for the family.
0: And he even said it. He's like, you know, he didn't just say, Kadeem Carey he had he made a point to say my dad (laughs) my dad y'all better watch
1: out my dad man it was awesome you know you had the other team come up to me and was like man your family's so beautiful man you guys are blessed it was awesome how you know your son got to do that and it was and I thank Calgary for giving me that opportunity and my son I wanted to see how he would you know freeze up in front of people so we trained to I mean we ain't trained he was ready for the moment but he kept saying he would be nervous up there and Da, 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 da. Yeah. I told him, daddy couldn't do what you did. Like, honestly, <laughs> stay up there, read the names. And just people got certain gifts. And, you know, he went out there and put on, put on, put on, put on for the city.
0: After every touchdown, the cameras always see you take that <laughs> ball and you go right to the kids. Where did that start to be taking those touchdown balls to your family?
1: Man, it's just, they can't be at every game. So when they're right. there, they deserve every ball, everything that I can give them. So I, that was the first instinct that happened to me. They were there, saw them. And you know, I knew my, my sons would freak out. Yeah, that's It's just the game. So just having that opportunity doing it and giving it to them, I made it a routine. Yeah. And, you know, obviously I have another son, so you can't leave him hanging. So it just gave you more more motivation. It was like, All right, where's mine? Like, I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. So, you know, just, just having them out there is, is the world. Like I said, in college, I got to play in front of my my family and friends. And I Mm -hmm. think that's honestly gave me the motivation to play the way I just played insane.
0: Do you get excited when they get to come up and watch dad play? Do I? Yes. I mean, I can't sleep
1: at night. I mean, I make sure everything's set. I just like, the words can't explain that for sure. So, you know, going into this next season, I'm i I'm gonna move them all out there. We're going to be some Canadians for, you know, six months and Airbnb this crib and, you know, really do, do it big. Cause I, I want to go out with a bang. I mean, he stole my title this year. Shout out to my man. Yeah. You really deserve it. But uh, I'm coming back for that.
0: So every speaking of the man Brady Oliveira, cause we're going to talk about the CFL awards that happen every year. So they're handed out to the air quotes, best players in the league. You were the top running back in 2022. You were the number one rushing champion but you were snubbed in every single category. Do you think running backs aren't looked at fairly when it comes to the MVP race? Yeah, most
1: definitely. I mean, the year Oliver had, you know, he deserves to be talked about a lot more. And when I was there, I was, I was putting on a show. We were winning because of us, me and Bo, you know, it was a team Mm -hmm. effort. It, It was two, it was two quarterbacks that, you know, went in one of the years and, we 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 was kept rolling you know yeah. that's because i was the glue so it gets it gets overlooked time big time and you know in every sport is unbelievable even in the nfl it's like what the heck they're not the best player on the field most of the time now they are but not every year so like i think when a a, a player has a special year they should be rewarded that no matter what
0: Yeah. I mean, it should have been looked at when you won the rushing title. Of course, you know, Brady as well. But I was talking more about your year because, you know, you Calgary wasn't the division champion that year. You guys had to, you know, you had to fight for every Mm -hmm. yard you had and you were the number one back. But you mentioned something I want to talk about, too. So you mentioned the NFL, right? There's a lot of conversations around the guys like Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, and they had that Zoom call and they were talking about equality in the running back position. What's your take on the climate for running backs, not only in the NFL, but we're talking CFL. And then of course, you know, the new merger with the USFL XFL. So we're talking pro football. What is your take on the equality at the running back in regards to the conversation?
1: Man. I mean, I think they're doing the right thing with sitting out. I mean, we, our body's very precious. What we put it through off season in season is a little bit more than any other athlete on the field. I mean, so what we do to our bodies and how valuable we are, we're definitely underpaid. And I think the owners are definitely taking advantage of that and saying that we're replaceable. You can't replace a great back. You can give him a little help and some rest when he's tired so it's not such a big fall off when he comes out. But I think they're truly really trying to uh, minimize us and put us in a group so they don't have to pay us
0: well you look at you know the Cleveland Browns right they had Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt so yeah they had a a decent two-back system but Mm -hmm. a lot about like Derrick Henry what support does he get before before recently what support did you have you know what I mean like you were the guy that everyone leans on so how how is that fair that the running backs aren't being acknowledged the way they should be
1: I mean, it's crazy. All we can all we can do as running backs is just go out there and keep showing how raw we are, how special we are. I mean, we're we're as a group, we're pretty quiet when it comes to player. We like to go out there and show people as running backs. We're all like we're all together in this thing. And we don't like to be loud. So we gotta have to use our voice more and that's why I'm proud of the dudes that got together because now we're opening up our voice because if we let that keep happening, it will happen. Like, I'm telling you, ain't no replacing no B You ain't got that. <laughs> you ain't got that special back. You ain't got me. I mean, I really touched the ball when I led the league that year. That's why it's an argument I should be up for MVP. Really touched the ball. Little carries in the league and led the league with it. That year we're talking about I led it. Yep. And not enough talked about. I mean, as you touched that ball, everything was explosive. Led, with the, led the league with the most explosives. Like, it's, it's, it's something that they don't talk about us.
0: You know, training camp in 2023, you and I talked a lot about how you wanted to go back to back. You were going to be the first dude in a long time to go back to back rushing titles. But then, you know, injuries popped up, which wasn't just you. It was okay. the entire team. Okay. And that's, and and that's what I want to say right
1: here. I'm going to pause you a little bit. Yeah. And I was going to say it before you you brought it up. I jinxed myself going into that season. Like, that's why we're humble and we're quiet. Because once yeah. you talk like you got to get another 200 carries. Like so, that's why we're so humble because we could do it, but you got to stay healthy by doing it. Yeah, I know a healthy Kadeem is the best. I mean, including the NFL backs is what is the best back top three in the league. So it's just about staying healthy and get to show how good you are and get to show your talents.
0: What happened in the first one that put you on the sixth game this past season? First
1: game, first game, too. Yeah, I mean, turf toe. I mean, if we're talking hamstring, some easy minor. I could, I could fight it through or something, you know. Yeah. The team needs to get that glue early. You know, we need to find ourselves. And I couldn't walk for like four weeks. It was tough. Like, I got PRP on it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a, that was a two-week setback. But after that started kicking in, it started healing really, really good.
0: Did you rush back because you ended up going back on the sixth game again because you had another injury? Like, did you rush oh, yourself I de- back? Oh, I
1: definitely rushed back. I'm still doing yeah. uh, therapy on that for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look
1: at the, the date for the recovery on that, that's a nine to 12 week uh, recovery. And I would have had a grade three. The highest that you have is grade four. And that's when it snaps all yeah. the way off. So it was definitely a tough injury. And I had to prepare my mind and train hard with the, you know, the training staff and off the off the field stuff. It was it was definitely tough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, my kids was there to see it. You know, that was the first time I wasn't Hercules. So I had to, it was a real life moment for me. And um, I had to grow from that.
0: As, you know, again, with the running back and, you know, putting everything on your shoulders, did you feel like you had to hurry up and get back to support the team and that's what made you kind of rush back and kind of make the mistake?
1: Does Jay, I mean, Jake Bayer's is my guy. He's my best player on the team. But does he got a cape? All right <laughs> now, so I need to get out there and help that team win. So, I mean, it was more than not just a rush and then you just, you just you're your third best player in the league, yeah, CFL, going yeah. into that year. That's what they got you ranked. I, I can't wait to show these people what you know. What they what they get your popcorn ready. So I'm not only trying to rush back for that. I'm trying to have fun. I'm trying to go out there. This is why. So I came all the way out here in Canada to play football. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you know you take that away for six weeks was it was tough. But I got back out there and I was ready to rumble. That thing hurt at every carry. It took it took me all the way to the last game to you know be able to take. 15, uh, 20 carries. That's why I was so excited to try to get 20 carries against Mm -hmm.
0: BC again. And it was the entire team, though. It wasn't just you. I mean, Jalen didn't even see the field this year. Malik went down super early. Reggie Mm -hmm. was down for a bit Mm -hmm. midway through. And then, you know, Peyton was also down, right? So, and then, not you know, not just in Calgary, but, I mean, across the league, injuries were weird, but especially in Calgary this year. How weird was that to watch everyone just keep dropping?
1: It was was tough, like, and you wonder why we barely made the playoffs? And people were trying to say Edmonton was better. Like, we we had to go through injuries. Not only we had to go through injuries, we're a young team. We got to find ourselves, too. We got leaders that need to step in their place and, you know, lead this team where they need to go, and and they they can't happen because they're hurt. So it really played a toll on it this year. So, you know, a healthy year will definitely, (laughs) we can finally show what we can actually do out there.
0: It was a contract year, right? A lot of people already know that. Can you speak right now to where things are presently sitting at with, you know, free agency coming up in February?
1: No, I'm just excited to play football. I really am, you know, just to have an opportunity. Like I said, it wasn't here. I had the opportunity to take it away with the Bears, and didn't think I was going to play ever again. So just to sit in this spot, you know, and have some opportunity and things to think about for my family and, you know, what's best for us, I'm excited. It's, it's, it's a great opportunity.
0: I know you probably can't talk too much about it, but are are there still talks going on with Calgary? I mean, you got Calgary. I
1: mean, obviously, I feel like if that door was shut, it would have been shut already. They got some building. We got some building to do as a team. And I, 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 I saw it last year. I mean, I didn't want to point it out. I didn't want to go up there as a player and say, we was in re- rebuild mode, but we were yeah. rebuilding. A, 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 I mean, we could have struck the first year. That's why it's hard to say it. Like, we could have won last year, everybody healthy. There's a whole different story. But it was the first year putting it together. So you didn't want to call it that. And I saw it being a player. So me being out, trying to be that team leader, it it was tough. Because I I, couldn't lead the way I wanted to.
0: You know, again, you know, free agency is coming up. I don't want to talk too much about it because there's a lot of things you can't talk about. If the door is to be shut in Calgary, what other what would you like to see in Canada? Like with other teams, like for example, you know, the BC lions, right? They have an all-star powerful receiving core, but no one, let's be honest, no one's scared about the, Cal- the BC backfield, right? <laughs> is that like, something that you would ever be looking at?
1: Like I said, the opportunity is there. <laughs> yeah. And Calgary don't like me. Then, you know, and that door is open, then it's, it's, if you can't beat them, then join them. Mm-hmm. And that way they have a great organization. I really love the coaching in a way they coach their games, you know, they put their players in really good positions to make the play that they know they can make. So, me being a coach in the future, I, I look at small things like that and would like to learn mm-hmm. and better myself as a player and a coach in the future. So, joining an, an organization like that later on in my future now, I think that's all they're missing. They're missing electric flying running back, even if it's me, if it's somebody else that go, to, go there and do their thing, that I think that's their missing piece. Yeah. Being a free agent, I think I'm allowed to at least say that.
0: Yeah, of course. Of course. That's why I said, I don't want to like, get you to say anything that you shouldn't say yet because you're oh, still yeah. in negotiations. Right? And, um, so- I
1: mean, and at the same time, you want to be, growing up, you want to be the franchise player. You know, and I started my life and, you know, my life want to be where it's at today if they didn't give me the opportunity. And I want to bring that place, uh, you know, a championship. And ain't no giving up. But if the path down don't lead up where both of us see it, then. You know, I think we're I think we'll be okay with that.
0: Coming off of, you know, the injuries, what are you doing right now to get your mind and your body and get everything comfortable and ready to go for May? Coming off the season I had, I
1: switched it up a little bit. Definitely, you know, I'm starting my workouts just a little earlier this year. And that's always a good thing. That means you made out of the the season a little healthier. So, um, I'm still taking my, my one nap a day. You know, that ain't going to ever change. But, I, you know, I'm up EPSOC, um, yoga at 5, 6 in the morning. And then, you know, I take the kids to school. And I come back. And that's when I finally got some time for the gym. So, I go back to the gym. And, you know, I just I just really got a lot of time and peace to figure out, you know, how I'm going to get my title back from that monster over there and, you know, win a championship. And that's <laughs> the only reason why I'm coming back to any team. I, I'm only coming back for a, a ring. So, like. If those pieces don't look right you ain't got a chance
0: last thing of the night what are you looking forward to most in 2024
1: it's growing to be growing as a man honestly every year you got to take advantage of growing as a, a, a man i'm 31 now like i almost forgot the one and i was for real so life is quick <laughs> so take every moment you know when there's an opportunity that somebody you can learn from in front of you, definitely take that. Don't close your ears and just, you know, make my sons the best they could be, be the best husband, and uh, finish with a ring. I'm done playing with these. I mean, I think I'm literally the best dude playing football, so it's honestly time to put the work in my body and the work in the offseason to finally show, like, a thousand? Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> a thousand? We talk about 1929 I ran for and was not tired. So yeah. it's time to get back onto that muscle level before I hang up the cleats. So even if I do that one year, go for two thousand. See, look, I ain't gonna talk too much. That's how that's how things happen. <laughs> but go for two thousand. I'm hanging up the cleats. Cause you know, I, I accomplished everything that I wanted to in football and it's time to put in everything to my sons.
0: Kareem, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on tonight, and you know, telling your story, talking about your career, and it ain't over yet. So we still have way more to talk about later. Uh, So finish it right. (laughs) Thanks, my friend. I really appreciate it. Anytime, anytime. We can finish up the
1: career a little later. We can talk about it, but it's it's a blessing talking to you, man. You know, I learn from
0: you every time we talk, Big Dog. That was our conversation with beast running back Kadim Carey. It was great sitting down to talk about his career so far. All the trials and tribulations that he's had to go through and come back from. And he's coming back again this coming season for another year after some injury. And he's only going to get better. That is it for us this week, and you can find us, as always, on Instagram, X, and Threads, at Around the CFL Podcast. And again, like I said at the very beginning of the show, on January 15th, you'll be able to find us on Millions, and you'll also be seeing the brand new merch shop, so I'd love to hear feedback on what everyone thinks about the merch that we're going to be launching. And again, you can listen to us everywhere, Apple, Amazon, iHeart, Pandora, Spotify, you name it, you can find it, and keep on listening, and leave us those five-star reviews. We'll be back again next week with another episode, and until then, we'll see you later.